for me, the direction that I went was the passive income kind of digital marketing space. I think that for any small business owner, that is a really smart angle to explore, no matter what it looks like for you. It doesn't have to be education. I think that's the biggest misconception people have is that if you're going to scale your photography business, it has to be through education. Or if you're going to have passive income, you have to be a teacher. That's not true. I am an example of that, but there are so many examples of other ways to do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. I'm here to help you grow your business, build community, and create the lifestyle you always dream of. Every week, I bring in other photographers, creative entrepreneurs, and business professionals. So whether it's from our topic of the episode or one of the many tangents that we will follow, you will walk away with some wisdom to implement in your business and in your life. Each interview is recorded live in our Facebook community where you can ask questions and be part of the conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. I'm your host, John Mansfield. and Today, we're getting into email marketing. Now, this is something you've probably heard about before, and most likely it was shared in a very like technical manner that just kind of made you feel overwhelmed. And you're like, forget it. I'll stick with social media. I'm good. I have been there, my friend. I put off starting my email list for the longest time uh, for that very reason. But my guest today, Hope Taylor, is bringing a new light to email marketing, and she shares some of her great tips on how to start your email list, cultivate the connections through those emails, and all the benefits that you get from doing so. Hope is a senior portrait photographer serving both Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah, Georgia. She has been photographing clients for over a decade and now teaches other photographers through her YouTube channel, her courses, and membership. If you are listening to this the day that it comes out, June 12th, you can join her free email marketing class this afternoon. There's a link in the podcast description, so jump on that even before you listen to this episode. Um, Make sure you grab a seat for that. It is going to be amazing. Now, let's get into the conversation with Hope Taylor. Hope Taylor, welcome to the podcast. I am very excited to have you here. Um, Very excited for the topic as well. And probably talk a little bit about your wedding too because I am just like <laughs> all the photos that I've seen so far I'm just like yes this is like so dreamy so very much you so um, but yeah welcome to the podcast thank you thank you so much for having me I'm also so excited I know we were chatting before we went live but we're both getting back in the swing of things this is my first mm-hmm. interview since wedding honeymoon things and so we I've been out for a few weeks now and I don't get to talk about this topic as often as I would like to I think it's so important so I'm super super stoked to be here yes yeah well welcome I am super stoked to have you here and to talk about this topic because it is something that not a lot of people talk about or whenever whenever people do talk about it it tends to be very um I don't know just kind of like stuffy and yeah and boring it's just like and these are this is why you do it and these are the numbers and this is and it's like oh this isn't fun um but uh, well and and overcomplicated too like I feel like anytime I hear people talking about it it's it's overcomplicated and really intimidating and I don't I don't feel like it has to be so I'm, I'm excited Cool. Well, I am. I'm looking forward to a not so complicated <laughs> uh, look <laughs> on email marketing. Um, but before we get into that, could you give everyone just kind of like a little background on you, what you do, where you're based and all that kind of stuff? 
Sure. Yeah. So I am a photographer that focuses primarily on high school seniors. I'm based in Savannah, Georgia, but I also photograph in Charleston, South Carolina pretty frequently. I started my business when I was a 15-year-old high school student. So that's kind of the unique perspective that I have coming into all of this. That was 10 years ago now, which is bananas. Um, but I started a business my junior year and went into my senior year as pretty much a full-time business owner because I only did school half the day and I went full-time right out of high school. So since then, my business was just photography back in those days. And in the last six years or so, I've transitioned into primarily being more passive income and education and online digital business, which I absolutely love. I'd say I'm about 80% education, 20% photography still. Um, but that's just kind of the, the cliff notes version of how we got to where yes. we are now. But um, yeah, it's been a wild, wild ride. Can't believe it's been 20, 20 years. Oh gosh, 20. 10 years, <laughs> but still, still feels like a long time. Yeah. It feels like 20 years already. It does. Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really just like the whole photography industry has changed so much in the last 10 years that yep. it feels like 20 years sometimes where it's like, it what really were we does. even doing? 10 years ago for like, you know, uh, marketing and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't have an email list 10 years ago. I didn't even know I had never put email and list together, uh, in a sentence, but we didn't even have Instagram stories. I mean, like we, we had nothing. That was, that was, we had to go on Snapchat for all of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. How was it like, so I, I also started a business when I was 15, not photography. Um, Love that. but yeah, it was, it was fun. My, my brother and I, and, uh, one of our good friends, we started a, a t-shirt screen printing business because we kept being like, why isn't this a shirt? We need a, I want to wear this as a shirt. And then we looked up, I don't know. I think YouTube was around back then. I'm aging myself a it little was. bit. It was. No. Okay. Yeah. It had to have been, I think. Probably. It was definitely the early stages of, of YouTube because that would have been like 2003. Sure. And um, yeah. yeah. And uh, we found some Martha Stewart video of her like creating a stencil and then like actually rolling paint onto a shirt. And we were like, we can do that. And then we started a business. I and love it. Yeah. So uh, I always love hearing other people who started businesses and like had that, like pretty much born an entrepreneur uh, from from a young age. How is it like for you starting your business in photography? Like, how'd you get into that? So basically, I so I love that you just mentioned kind of being born into entrepreneurship. I feel like that sounds so dramatic. But like, when I look back (laughs) at my life, that's, that's really how I feel. Like, so my mom made cakes out of our house growing up. I feel like this is important context. Really? Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) And so I kind of saw her doing that. My dad was military. So she was really just doing it to make extra money as also the same siblings were growing up. Oh my gosh, that's wild. (laughs) And so I, I saw her doing that. And that was kind of my introduction to what entrepreneurship and working for yourself could look like. And Mm -hmm. I was basically hooked from that moment on. Like when we had garage sales, I would get up at 6am and if it was cold, I'd make hot cocoa. And if it was hot, I'd make lemonade and I would sell things starting at six in the morning, right alongside my parents. And I mean, I have just always loved just the making money for yourself by working for yourself and coming up with ways to, to create that revenue. So 
that was kind of the context, but I always knew I wanted to do something for myself, had no idea what that was going to look like. So in my June, it would have been my junior year. Um, actually it would have been my sophomore year. I was working a retail job at, if you're, if the girls are tuning in, it's called justice, the little girls clothing store. Um, like kind of like Libby Lou, if you're from the nineties like me, but, Uh um, I worked at that retail store making minimum wage. I was uh, 16, so they limited the hours that I could work. So, I mean, I was just so kind of stuck on what I could do and, and the money I could make, and that drove me bananas. So I took a photojournalism class my sophomore year. Bless my dad's heart. He had no idea I was signing up for this class, and it was a requirement to have a DSLR camera. And he was in the military, and I was making $7 an hour, so he was the one that had to help me get the DSLR uh-huh. camera. Um, and so we got a used one off of eBay that was, I mean, 150 bucks, something like that. And I went into this photojournalism class knowing very little, but came out knowing how to use my camera and manual. And it really just started with me taking photos for friends. And somebody gave me 50 bucks on the way out of a shoot to say thank you. And I was like, $50 in an hour versus seven feels like a good idea. (laughs) Um, And that's just kind of how the ball started rolling then. Wow. That's, that's very cool. It's like, as you're talking, I, I didn't realize we had so many parallels in our stories. So it was crazy. Like, I mean, I didn't work at, uh, what was it? Justice or justice. Uh, just, yeah, I didn't work. There. I wish you had, um, that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I also worked there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like that, I remember that feeling of having your camera and just like taking photos for friends. And cause I was, I think I was working like I don't know, like $8 an hour or something like that. I was, sure, I was yeah. a janitor at the time and just like emptying trash and scrubbing toilets, which was not fun. Um, <laughs> taking photos is much more fun. And, Definitely and more I, fun. I took photos for someone and they did the same thing where they like, they tipped me like 25 bucks. And I was like, this is like three hours of work that oh, yeah. like three hours of pay for the one hour photo shoot that I did. And of course there was the whole back end of editing. I was going to say, yeah, I, now we know better. Know yet. Yeah. 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 Like my first wedding that I photographed, I photographed for $200 because I was like, that's 20 bucks an hour for this 10 oh, yeah. hour wedding. This is great. And uh, yeah. And then editing came in and I was like, it is not $20 an hour anymore. Yeah. It's not uh, so great anymore. Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. How, like one class that you decided to take one course just completely shaped the way for the future of, of your business and your life mm-hmm. and uh, in like teaching other people how to run businesses and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that like one little decision changes everything. Um, totally. Yeah, it really does. that is, that is so cool. So, okay. Uh, over like this last 10 years of business, has there been a lesson or a, uh, you know, a piece of advice or something that you've kind of come across that just changed the way that you think about business, the way that you look at life in general? Yeah. So I think there's two kind of life experiences or seasons that come to my mind when I get asked this question or talk about this. And Mm. one was pivotal specifically to email marketing that we're going to talk about today. And then one was more recent. Um, But the first was it would have been 2015, 16 timeframe. So I graduated high school in 2014. So this would have been a year into being full time, really trying to prove to everybody like, Hey, not going to college was a good idea. Like I was just 
really hustling. Um, and I was, I was doing six figures in revenue. So it, at the time I'm like, this is everything I ever wanted. Like I, this is what I have been working towards. But on the inside, I was so beyond burnt out, drained, exhausted. And what a lot of people actually didn't know is I was putting myself in the hospital because of the stress I was putting my body under. Like Mm. I was, they thought I had an autoimmune disorder. Like I was so unbelievably drained. I was shooting seven or eight times a week, like multiple sessions a day, but I was also doing workshops and kind of getting the ball rolling on this education side of my business. And I was just burning the midnight oil and pouring from an empty cup in like the most intense way you can think of. I was exhausted. And I just remember I was at my parents' house and my mom and I were watching Gossip Girl in the basement. (laughs) And I just had like the, just this meltdown of like, something has to change. This is what I thought I wanted, but it's not sustainable. I'm exhausted. I want to do this education stuff, but I don't have time because I'm so drained from photography. And it was kind of this switch that flipped of, okay, something has to change in order to scale this because this like level of work is not sustainable. And I'm working in my business constantly, but never working on it to actually grow it. So I'm like in this hole that I can't climb out of. And so this switch kind of flipped then of, okay, I'm going to scale back on my service-based work so that I can scale this online version of my business. And I hadn't started an online version of my business yet. There was no email list. There was no nothing. I was like, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to scale back on how many shoots I'm taking with the hope that this extra time I'm getting will give me the capacity to build something that will make up for that loss of revenue. And it did. So that, that was a big pivotal moment of like, listen to your body. Something has to give. We're going to scale back in one area to scale up in another. And that is really where my, that's when my email list started. That's when I began selling courses and doing what I do now really. Um, so that was kind of pivotal moment. Number one, pivotal number two was about two years ago when my sister's health is, has been suffering a little bit. She's talking about it online. Actually, she has epilepsy and, um, it's just put a lot into perspective for me in terms of how important work actually is and what actually matters. Um, and that actually feeds into what we're going to talk about because starting that side of my business five, six years ago now allowed me to have the freedom to be present in moments with her when she's needed me. And, um, it's been really cool to see kind of the, the full circle moment of those two really big, like kind of pivotal switch flip moments and, and how they've allowed me to be more present in seasons of life that really, really matter. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I, I feel like that is, um, like that health tends to do that a lot where it's because uh, I ran into the same thing where I was just yeah. running myself into the ground because oh, you know, yeah. I, hit, I hit that six figure mark and it's like, I've got to keep this up now. I can't be the photographer yeah. that got to six figures and then went back down to like 70 K like I've got to, sure. I've got to yeah. keep this up. And, and, and also like, uh, providing for the family and, and all of that. Of course. And we've, yeah. We, uh, we've got three kids. And I think at that time we had two and our third was on the way. And I was like, I've got to, I've got to keep going. Uh, and, and really just ran myself into the ground and, uh, and it was a similar kind of awakening of, I can't keep doing this. I can't scale. Like this is already, I'm past the limit of what I can physically do for this business. So if I want to move forward, something has to change. And, 
And I, I feel like that happens to a lot of people. And that's so good that you're like open about that, speaking about that so that other people, the listeners today, they can hear that story and then be like, I don't have to get to that point. I don't have to run myself to where I'm going to the hospital because my body is shutting down, but yeah. they can be, they can start to see the signs and be like, Oh, I can put this into, into place to where I can shift either shifting into education uh, like you or like with me where I was like, I can't keep charging this amount for a wedding. Of course, yeah. I've, I've got to, you know, I was shooting like, you know, 40 something weddings in a year and that takes a lot on you. Uh, oh, on it absolutely does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for anybody listening to that maybe feels like they've hit that point and they mm -hmm. don't, they haven't given self, themselves the permission or the freedom to scale back somewhere or make a change. I think that it, I wish that somebody had like pointed me out and been like, you don't have to keep that up. Like just because your business is doing well and you're making money doesn't necessarily mean that you have to just stay there and like plateau at this level of exhaustion. Like you have options. Um, and I wish somebody had just like sat me down and said that to me back then. So no matter yes. what season you're in, I, I think there'll be takeaways from this conversation. But um, if you're at that point, you're allowed to make a change. You're allowed to scale back a little bit and, and it, it can lead to growth and not a decrease in revenue. Like you were mentioning that fear that we all have when we hit that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got to scale back and then that's going to mean I have to scale back in my revenue right. and I have to scale back on everything. And, uh, and that's always scary. Sure. Hey y'all quick break to share with you about something new that I put together on the new website podcast.allheartphoto.com which has all the show notes from today's episode as well as many others. But you know, I am here to help you build your business and create the lifestyle you always dreamed of. And with that comes some resources that I have found very helpful for me building my business and also some resources that I put together, some guides and email templates and things like that that I think would be really helpful for you. So if you want to go check that out, head over to podcast.com. Just that podcast.com. That's the whole thing. Head over to podcast.allheartphoto.com slash resources. You can also go check out podcast.com if you want to. I've never been there. Let's give it a shot. Check them out too. Free ad for you podcast.com. Now back to the show. And you know, we, we have a comment from, uh, from Laura. She was saying, well, first, yes, yes, yes. Uh, just so many yeses, <laughs> hope. Um, she says, something has to give. I've been at this pivotal moment for a while, but I have felt stuck or unsure of what decision or what direction to take. Do you have yeah. any, like, maybe uh, yeah. like some pointers on how to figure out what decision or where, what direction you got to go? Yeah. So I think for me, the direction that I went was the passive income kind of digital marketing space. I think that for any small business owner, that is a really smart angle to explore, no matter what it looks like for you. It doesn't have to be education. I think that's the biggest misconception people have is that if you're going to scale your photography business, it has to be through education. Or if you're going to have passive income, you have to be a teacher. 
That's not true. I am an example of that, but there are so many examples of other ways to do this. Um, so I think step one is just determining what needs to give. Is it that you need to be shooting less? Because then all you have to do is raise your prices, take on a little bit less work. That's an awesome starting point. If you are somebody that has a different side of your business that you want to explore, whether it's education or passive revenue, or I feel like some people are serial entrepreneurs and they have 10 ideas of things they want to start, but they just yeah. don't have the time. Um, what that looked like on a very like tangible level for me is so I'm known for high school senior portraits. That's what I photograph full time now. Um, but back then I knew that I had to have a break somewhere. There had to be some time that I got back in order to create this new side of my business. So what I did is I just very quietly behind the scenes, never announced it. Nobody ever knew it. But if I got a senior inquiry, I just responded with, I'm so sorry, I'm not available. Here are some references. And I did that for a full year. And so nobody really knew that I wasn't taking on senior sessions. I never posted like I'm done shooting seniors. I just very quietly (laughs) stopped taking them, still posted them from previous years so that I didn't lose the momentum of being in that market because I knew I wanted to pick it back up someday, but it freed up my time in a huge way. So now I was focusing money. My money was coming in from my weddings and my workshops that I was doing. And it gave me the time and the capacity to kind of build this other side of my business. So if you have another side of your business, you want to explore, you just need some time in order to do that. You can scale back in a way that doesn't lose your momentum. Uh, And that's exactly Mm. what I did. Yes, I think that is such an important part of it Um, and something that I like people don't really think about is Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm shifting out of seniors now. I'm I'm wanting to do something different with my business. No more posting seniors. I'm going to, you know, change my entire Instagram page and all of that. But like, yeah, that just kills your momentum. And then if you do plan to pick that up or maybe the serial entrepreneur thing, you know, as serial entrepreneurs, you know, it, not everything is going to work out. You might right. go into something for a year or two and then just be like, yeah, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Or the market's not there or many other factors that you shut down that business and you come back. And if you hadn't been uh, posting regularly of what you were doing, then there's no momentum, like you said, and then you don't have those inquiries constantly coming in. Because also by you still receiving all those inquiries, you're like feeding those out to all your friends too. Mm-hmm. And just be like, oh that's yeah, exactly go check out this doing. senior photographer. Yeah. And, yeah. and like that's helping build uh, a network and, and community and all of that, which is amazing. I love networking community. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, that is that's a, a really great uh, word of advice there. Okay. Hope oh, I know we, we've, we're talking about email marketing. How can yeah. we, how can we like start an email list? Cause, cause like you said earlier, it just, it seems kind of daunting and people are it always does. like explaining it in ways that are just like, I don't, I don't even know. I am lost from the first thing that you said. So I definitely yeah. can't start an email list. What, how can someone like, start an email list today and and why is that important to do so? Yeah. So I completely agree with you that I think that people, they kind of, I feel like they talk about it in two different ways. It's like super technical and statistic based. Like here's all Uh the reasons it's important. Here's all these technical terms that you might not know, but I'm going to throw them at you anyway. Um, Or it's overcomplicated in the fact that they tell you 10 different ways that you could do it. And then you're like, well, 
I don't want to figure out which one of those 10 makes sense for me. So we're just (laughs) like, we're not going to do that. And so that's how I felt kind of going into it. So rewind back to that conversation about that kind of pivotal meltdown with Gossip Girl in my parents' basement. Like I knew something had to give in terms of me running on that hamster wheel because I wasn't just burnt out and exhausted from the shoots I was doing. I was burnt out and exhausted because the only way I was booking those shoots was if I was posting on Instagram, posting on Facebook, posting on Pinterest, sharing on my blog, pushing that blog post out on all of my social media platforms. Twitter was still a thing. Snapchat was a thing. And scheduling your posts in advance, like those programs weren't really out yet. Like you were actively having to to do a lot of that. And so that was the part to me that I was like, there has to be a way to streamline this. And that was around the time the algorithms started working against us, right? So I'm hoping when I post these things and put them out into the universe that people are seeing them and I'm running myself in the ground to keep up with that. But I don't even actually know if the content I'm creating is getting in front of my people. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And then I heard a podcast that talked about, okay, well, what if Instagram disappeared tomorrow? How would you talk to your audience? And that scared the crap out of me because I was a little cocky in the fact that I had, I think 30 or 40,000 Instagram followers back then. I had a, a fairly big audience and I was like, I don't need to worry about anything else. Like I can just talk to my people here and, and that's my right. marketing strategy. But it scared me to think, okay, well, if Instagram glitched, if I got locked out or my account got stolen or, you know, something horrible happened, I don't have a way to talk to my people. So that was kind of the the shift for me mentally where I was like, okay, I want to streamline this. And I also don't want to have to worry about third-party people being in charge of how I market and how I talk to my audience. So what I did to start, I think a lot of people start their email list And they just have a thing on their website that says, sign up for my email list here and get my newsletter. And Mm -hmm. that's great. It's a great thing to have. It's not a bad thing to have that. But it doesn't really tell your audience what they can expect. And it's not super enticing. But giving someone your email address, that's like, that's prime real estate right there. I'm not going to give you my email address just because you tell me to. I want something of, of value to trade, right? So basically, in order to start an email list, From a high level, all you have to do is offer your customers something that they find valuable in exchange for their email address. That's really all it is. That can be so many different things. It can be, if you're an educator like I am, maybe you give a checklist of the camera gear that you use at your sessions. And to get that, they put in their email and you send it to them on their email. Now they're on your email list. It is that simple. Just exchanging some form of value for your customer's email address. For me back then, that was actually just starting a wait list for my workshops. That was this, That's all it was. Like, hey, I have a workshop coming up. If you want to be notified first, drop your email here. That's value. They want to be notified first. And yeah. then it has scaled to being videos and webinars and all of these crazy things. But all you have to do to start is just have something valuable that you give your audience in exchange for their email address. Yes, I think that is is so good because oftentimes you get that like that pop up that's just like, hey, join my email list to be the first to know of all the new things like, I mean, that's cool, but I don't really (laughs) know you yet. Why do I want to be the first to know? I don't even know what I'm going to know. Exactly. Yeah. Having that like very straightforward and clear, hey, this is something that I know is going to be of value to you 
for your email address because like my inbox is a sacred place. I don't just give that out to everyone. I have like exactly. my trash email that I'll just sign up for things. And, of course. Like, uh, you know, like all the all the different food places that are like, if you sign up now, you get 20% off your order. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm never going to check this email. Uh, yep. But like the one that I check, the one that is, uh, well, one, my business email is also very sacred. But my my personal email, I'm like, I'm not just going to give that out to anyone. But if you do have something that I deem valuable, Yes, I will give it to you uh, in in exchange for that. So yeah, I think that is that is so good. And and like putting yourself in the shoes of your target client of what do they find valuable? Is it that checklist for the gear? Is it a you know like a a webinar that you did a year ago that you have a replay up? And sure, they could probably find it somewhere online if they searched, but you can be like, hey, check out this this webinar that I did. You can get it for free if you put in yeah. your email address. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think the biggest thing that I hear back specifically from photographers is, okay, but how does that apply to me? Because we, I know you and I both give like kind of education-based examples, but I have so many friends that use this specifically in their photography business. An example that comes to my mind if you photograph seniors like me is having a shopping guide, like a class of 2024 shopping guide. And it's all of your favorite stores to shop online for your senior pictures, but you just mm. put them all together in a list and people value their time like no other, especially with how fast moving the digital world is these days. Yes, if you can yes. save them time by collecting all of the best places to shop in one place and even level it up one step and use Amazon affiliate links to link all of your favorite outfits on Amazon. Now you're making money off of a freebie and you're getting people on your email list. For brides, that could be all of your favorite places to shop for engagement photo outfits. It could be your favorite location in your specific geographic area if you're trying to reach brides in a certain city. There's so many angles to take on this that aren't education-based. So I just wanted to be sure I mentioned that because I know we probably have photographers tuning in like, nobody wants my gear checklist, but you, right. you still have value to add. Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, there there are a lot of uh, listeners that were probably thinking that same thing of just like, well, I'm not an educator, Hope. I'm like, I am I'm exactly. just, I, I'm, you're not just a photographer, but like, I am a photographer. What am I going to share? So that's really right. great uh, to, to think about what your clients as photography clients, what do they need? What would they find valuable that you can put together? And I love the affiliate deal with Amazon because that is just, it's something that just continues to go. And oh, yeah. like every now and then I'll check mine and just be like, I haven't actually like posted in a while, but I have so many blogs that link to different things. And then there'll just be like a spike of sales. And it's the I'm best. Like, oh, I didn't even do anything and I'm, you know, making a few dollars over here. It's nothing crazy, but still it like it compounds on itself. The more that you put it out there, uh, the more opportunities people have to, to click and, and check out stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I know that like, I don't know, another overwhelming kind of, uh, daunting thing is like how often you should post. Cause some people I'm sure myself yeah. included, whenever I started my email list, I was like, I don't want to like get hundreds of people on an email list. And then I don't know what to say. I don't know. Like yeah. how often do I need to show up? Do I have to plan this out to where I'm showing up 
every day. Like, you know, like we post, you know, the five years ago where it was like, you have to post on Instagram every single day, multiple times a day. And I was like, do I need to do that with emails? What would you recommend for like someone starting off if they're just starting off their email list? How often do you post all that? Yeah. Fantastic question. Because the biggest kind of kickback I get, or, um, almost like they don't want to do email because of this is because Mm. they don't want to be annoying. They do not want to be annoying because so many of us do get frustrated with people blowing up our email. And we have so many people that we send send to spam, or like you said, we have a burner email that we sign up for stuff and then never check. Uh So how do we approach email marketing in a way that doesn't feel that way? Because I really think that there, some people think there's like a blanket where email marketing is just annoying. Like you emailing me is just annoying point blank period. I don't care what you're sending, but I would argue that what you're sending is what it completely determines whether or not you're annoying. Like if you're blowing up my email, just saying 20% off, 20% off, 20% off. Did you buy something? 20% off. That's annoying. But if you're showing up in my inbox with value packed information that is helpful to me and that is saving me time or adding something to my day, whether it's inspiration or it's funny, like tonic, uh, the site shop, if anybody follows tonic, they have a newsletter hilarious i read so it every time i know and it's <laughs> so long too funny. i'm yeah. like this is one of the longest emails that i read but it's Everyone captivating it. and i'm like i'm gonna yeah. read this whole thing because it's interesting and you have my yeah. attention yeah yeah and it's funny yeah every time so what you're sending is so important because it completely determines whether or not it's deemed valuable or you're going to my spam box um mm-hmm. so With that in mind, I like to email my list once a week with value that I'm giving them. I don't like to sell something to them more often than once a month. And even then, I like for there to be at least five value-based emails for any one email where I'm selling them something. And that does lots of things. One, it just shows up for my people, which is why a lot of us get into small business anyways, because we love people. Mm -hmm. We love serving them. We love our clients. And going into email marketing with the goal of adding value to our audience aligns with all of those principles. So that's number one. Number two is consistently showing up and adding value increases the likelihood that they're going to open the rest of your emails. Like you're probably going to open any email tonic sends you because you know, they're going to be funny and engaging, but there's going to be a handful of them that are selling something to you. Like, Hey, I've sent you 10 emails that made you laugh and added value to your day. Now I'm going to pitch you a product and that doesn't bother you at all because you love their emails and you Mm -hmm. feel like they're adding value to you consistently. So I think showing up at least once a week or really what you can keep up with consistently is important. So if that's once every two weeks or once a month, whatever that looks like for you, but you want to make sure you can stay consistent in that. Um, I know so many people that start an email list and they only email them when they think of it. But the problem with that is you're probably only thinking of it when you're selling something. So you want to make sure that you're consistently showing up and adding value, especially before you sell something to your audience. Yes. Oh, I love that. Adding the value and just the, the, like that scale of just value, 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 value. Here's a sale. Here's, here's, I'm at where I'm asking you money. And now I'm going back to all this value and creating that, you know, cause uh, like your inbox is very one-sided a lot of times where it's just like, 
you know, you think of most of the emails that you get, they are that like, hey, 20% off sale or hey, we're doing this. Sure. I'm getting ready for my spring minis and that kind of stuff. And then you, it, you're not always going to open those. But if you do provide value, then you're creating that, like you said, that, um, that just like system almost. Uh, uh, totally. Where you're, you're not even thinking about it. You're just like, oh, yeah, hope send me another email. This is yep. always filled with like a freebie or uh, some yeah. sort of value or some insight that she got from just like living life and was like, I'm going to share this to my email yep. list today. And that yeah. kind of value, there's always something valuable. So whenever you do open it up and it is a, hey, I'm getting my my fall minis together. This is going to be the date if you want to get on the wait list. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to do that, of course, because yeah. she's offered so much value. Like, I want to work with you now. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not only just like you said, it's not just that you get those sale emails and you're not annoyed by them because you love the other emails. You get those mm -hmm. sale emails and now you're way more likely to buy because I've been showing up consistently, adding value, helping you, talking to you like you're a friend, opening the door to back and forth conversation by ending some of those emails with a question that opens the door. I'm building a relationship and a reputation of valuable content. So when I give you an opportunity to buy, not only are you not going to unsubscribe and you're not going to find it annoying, you're way more likely to actually invest your dollars in somebody that's shown up for you consistently. Yes. Yes. And that, I mean, that is, that is great. That's what, what we all want is yeah. that, that ability to, to bring in more leads and to, to bring in people that want to work with you because they have that connection sure. with you because of the value that you've already shared. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that is great. One more, one more thing that I think that maybe some of the listeners, especially photographers that aren't like maybe in the, the family scene or even like with senior photographers where it's like, Oh yeah, well I photographed the oldest child. So now I know there's four others coming up. They'll probably hire sure. me. So I want to have them on my list, but people like, you know, wedding photographers that are just like, this is a one-time client. They are probably yep. not coming back to have me photograph their second wedding. Um, but, um, which I did, uh, funny enough, I had someone who oh, years later so was like, this is a little bit awkward, but I really loved the photos from my first wedding. Could you photograph <laughs> the second one? I was like, I absolutely. It. And I will not bring up his love name. It. It's cool. Yep, um, love but, it. <laughs> but like for people who might be thinking, I don't really have a repeat client business. Mm -hmm. How can they use that email list? Or is that just something that they're thinking, but they actually might actually have repeat clients? Uh, what would you yeah. say to that? So I would say, let's talk specifically weddings, because I do think that's kind of a unique niche in the fact that you are only going to work with them one time. Um, yeah. And like with even with seniors, like you can work with siblings, you can there's there's angles there. But let's talk about weddings, because I feel like that's a toughie. Um, in my mind, there's two angles you can take, you can also do both. Um, angle one is what we kind of already talked about, where whether or not they book you as their photographer, you can send them value based emails that also give 
give you an affiliate kickback. Um, so whether that is you including Amazon affiliate links for products that you love leading up to a wedding, or maybe you partner with an amazing company for your detail, like your flat lay backdrops, and you can sell those to your brides in their inbox, but get a major kickback because you have a relationship with that company. Um, same thing, even things like Rothy shoes. I was talking to one of my mastermind students yesterday. And she was saying she has an email that pitches those shoes as a perfect shoe for your honeymoon to spend a lot of time on your feet. And then she gets a kickback from those. And that already has an affiliate system built in. Same thing with HelloFresh or Home Chef. You can make revenue off of being an affiliate for value-packed emails that just kick back some money to you based on links to products and services that you already use and love. So that's kind of angle one is some affiliate revenue based on recommendations to brides. Angle two that applies to any photographer is using email marketing to automate your print and product sales. Because I don't do in-person print and product sales. I never have. I've never desired to. But mm-hmm. I, have an, I have an email funnel after a session that I just drop my clients into once I deliver their gallery that really, it kind of adds value, shows them like print and product displays in my house, links my favorite frames from Ikea that I get an affiliate kickback on, but also gives them a time-sensitive coupon code to use on their prints and products Um, and them showing up consistently in their inbox to remind them of that jacks up the average print and product sale that I have. And it's auto-fulfilled through my online gallery. It creates no extra work for me. I type those emails one time. I drop their email in there. They get value-packed emails from me and a time-sensitive offer that increases my print and product sales drastically. And it was work that I did one time to type up those emails. Yes. I love that. That is, it's so good because that is something that a lot of us, we don't like IPS. We don't like the in-person sales. It's just, it's not my personality. I don't, you know, maybe you don't have time to just like sit with every single client and walk through their gallery and like, you know, this would look great as, you know, 16 by 20 over your couch and all that kind of stuff. But having that where you spend time one time to write out these emails in uh, there's there's something that i forget who it was i've i've heard it from multiple people but it's like um automations you are using your like the highest self your mm-hmm. your person who's like on today because we, we've mm-hmm. all responded to emails whenever we're on and it's just like it's flowing everything is great and yep. we've also been responding to emails where it's just like oh my brain is not working today i can't yes. whatever here's just the here but you're like with that automation where you as someone who was on that day writing all the Mm -hmm. those that email copy then that automation is like the highest hope going every single day um instead of having to do that uh with wherever you're feeling that day and uh and yeah that I, I think that is so great. And print sales is something that is overlooked by a ton of people. I know the first so time that I did an automated print sale, I made like $3,000 in a week and I had maybe sold $600 worth of, of prints in the last yeah. year because it wasn't a priority. It wasn't something that I was working on, but those emails were reminders of, Hey, you know, you've been thinking about this here's some mock-ups and like, this is, this is what you could get. And this is, uh, you know, there, there's even something special about that, you know, that little bit of a, of a discount where it's like, Oh, well we wanted to do this anyway. And now we get 10% off. Like we might as well go. No brainer. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's even ways to take that a step further. Like I will record video tutorials of how to use your online gallery and order your prints mm. and products, film it one time. And then it's in this, it's in this email and now it's automated. Yeah. I never have to look at it again. And then you can even take it a step further. And now that you've added all of your client emails into an email marketing system, you can remind them before the holidays that maybe you just happen to have a snail on albums as Christmas gifts for your parents or holiday cards that you can send to everybody in your family. You can do those sales more than just right after their session, you can automate that process. So you're bringing in kind of these like influxes of cash or cash injections at other times throughout the year, just by sending a mass email to people you've already added to your list. Yes. Oh, I love that. This is, is you've like brought so much great value, just like in all of those emails, you're just bringing all the value (laughs) today. This is amazing. But yeah, thank you so much. This has been a really great conversation. I have loved this. Um, I'm definitely going to be uh, updating my email list and, and changing, changing some things up uh, from just what we've talked about today. Um, Before we kind of wrap up and get to like where people can follow you and all that, there's part of the show that I like to do where we talk about what we're loving. um, Love it. This could be uh, anything, you know, a movie, book, whatever. Um, What is something that you've been loving recently? So um, Hayden and I are currently watching Silo on Apple Plus, Apple TV, and it is so good. And they do new episodes every Friday and we're hooked. Hooked. I saw a clip because that's the one uh, Rashida Jones is in that. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where they're like... uh, uh, they're told that they can't go outside or something like mm-hmm. from the time that they're born. Yeah. I yeah. I saw a clip of that on just like some random TikTok or something. I was like, what is this show? I want to watch this. This looks so good. It's so like good. very in the niche of, of the kind of shows that I love. Uh, yeah. So I have not started that yet, but yeah, it's amazing. Really and it's, it's just one of those ones that like sucks you in in the first 10 minutes of the first episode and then you just can't mm. stop watching. So it's it's a great one to binge. Um, and there's nice. quite a few episodes out now. So yeah, totally nice. worth watching. Okay, awesome. Silo on Apple TV. I will definitely, I, I mean, it's already on my list. Um, but Good. we've got Ted Lasso to finish up because we are behind mm. on season three. Um, but, um, but yeah, okay, awesome. I am, let's see, this week... I'm loving uh, the pool. The pool is open now uh, for the summer and our kids are like, I am a, I was a water baby when I was a kid and I still just love anything, water, the beach, the lake, anything. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we, we took them yesterday actually for the first time this, this summer and our youngest who's uh, a little bit over two and a half, you know, she was, very young last summer and sure you know we pretty much just like had to hold her have like the big floaty thing and this was her first time of like wearing the full life jacket and just swimming around and the whole time she was just like aggressively swimming just like yeah i love it she was having the best time we're like all right she is definitely a water baby (laughs) as well i love it oh that's the best that's like how you know it's the start of summer it's the best yes Yeah. So we've got the passes and we're going to be going very regularly. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm loving that um, a lot. So, okay. Hope, where can people find you? Where can they follow along, learn more about email marketing and building their email list? 
Yeah. So I'll give you two exciting things. If you are watching live right now, um, I actually have a free one hour class happening on Monday the 12th, where I'm diving even deeper than what we talked about today into how to make that first lead magnet or piece of value that you send your audience and some more examples of ways that this could apply to your business. And I'm super excited about it. We have over 600 people signed up already. So um, I'll make sure you guys get the link to that class. It's on June 12th at 2 p.m. And then if you're not watching live, you're watching the podcast later or listening later, I have a free quiz at hopetaylor.com slash email quiz where you can answer a few questions about your business, your audience, who you serve, what you do. And I will actually send you a custom written welcome email template that you can use in your email marketing. So you can just take that template based on your answers in your business, um, customize a few things and drop it into your email funnel so that you can have a tangible thing to start using right now. Awesome. Yes, that is, that is so good. I love, I love those kind of quizzes and things. And like (laughs) you, you told me about that whenever we were like scheduling this later or earlier. And I was like, I want to go take that quiz myself. Like I love (laughs) the, the, uh, the email templates that I have. They're so fun. But yeah, I'm always like, I want to go try another one, like see, uh, cause they're all so different. And like, I'm sure like yours, yours brings in all of your expertise and, uh, and the way that, that you speak and your copy and all of that. I'm like, I want to go check out Taylor's as, or uh, hopes as well. And, uh, yeah. Love it. So cool. Yeah. We will have that, uh, linked in the show notes for everyone. And I will post, um, um, a post on, on YouTube and also in the Facebook group of, uh, your, uh, uh, your webinar is that was that right it's a webinar yeah on, yeah. on mm-hmm. monday okay okay i was like that's yep. not what she said it wasn't a, yes so <laughs> i yeah, didn't say I it will, but it is you're totally right okay okay cool cool um but yeah i will post the link to that so everyone can join in and awesome. um yeah that'll be that'll be great and uh yeah and angelica um uh, over here in the comments she said that the quiz is amazing spot Aww. on for her personality um and also that she's ready to take her email marketing to the next level after this conversation so yay yay angelica okay that makes me awesome. so happy well hope thank you so much for being on the show i really enjoyed this and i'm ready to take my email marketing to the next level too <laughs> uh so yeah thank you for being it. my guest today Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was an awesome conversation. And thanks so much to everybody that watched live. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. As always, you can check out all the things in today's show notes at podcast.allheartphoto.com. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience on YouTube and in the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast Facebook group. Join the conversation and ask your questions just like our guests or or just like the listeners did today. Join the conversation and ask questions during our next live episode. You can follow the show on Instagram at wit.pod, W-I-T-T dot P-O-D. I thought I'd put three T's in there for a second. I had a pause, but no, it is W-I-T-T dot P-O-D. Hope is at Hope Taylor Photography, and you can find me on both Instagram and TikTok at All Heart Photo. This month of June, I am doing a special giveaway for anyone who leaves a review for the podcast. So if you have not left a review yet, this is perfect. If you have already left a review, you can also enter the giveaway. But it is where you leave a review for the podcast, preferably on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can leave a rating and then just screenshot it 
and send it my way. Uh, you can DM me at wit.pod on Instagram, or you can send it via email at wisdomtangents at gmail.com. It's just wisdom tangents, no in the in the email. But yeah, at the end of the month, I'm going to pick one lucky winner to uh, receive an Echo Dot, the little Amazon Echo Alexa deal. It is great. I set timers with it all the time. I set reminders. I ask it to play music for me. It is really amazing. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit in the AI episode with Cameron and Tia a few weeks ago. And by a few weeks, I mean months ago. So go leave us a review. It greatly helps the podcast and I'm able to uh, reach more people, build this community of amazing photographers and entrepreneurs. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to announce the winner at the end of the month. Until next then. Yes, those are words. I need some more coffee.